everyone, my name is Shaw and it's great to be able to bring a word of encouragement to the church family today. I love the journey that we're on together this year of looking at mission and discipleship and this one another series really sets out what it looks like to be the church, one body together. The one another series shows us what discipleship and growing in love towards Christ and each other looks like. Last week Kofo brought the word to us about serving one another. He reminded us of the humility we need to be able to serve each other in the church. And we need the same humility if we're going to be able to learn what it means to submit to one another. And submitting to one another is what we're going to be looking at today. And I'm going to start by reading from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 17. Paul writes this. Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you and bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. In the culture Paul was writing to, the idea of humility, to be humble, was an embarrassing and humiliating thing. Your character, who you were on the inside, was not important. No one cared if you were humble, and if you were, it wasn't a good thing. But what people thought about your character was more important. What really mattered was your reputation and flaunting your power and wealth and success. We see Jesus talk about this too when he talks about people's empty praise. For people say praises with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. In a way, this is what Paul is trying to get to the heart to. People are judging each other by what they see in people's behaviour and giving them praise and upholding them. Whereas in actual fact, their character does not stand up to the test. As long as you were seen to be popular and powerful, it didn't matter who you actually were. We see this in the Greek and Roman religious culture, which Paul was addressing. The Greek mythic gods like Zeus were seen as all-powerful and domineering. What mattered about them was how they looked and how powerful they were, not their character. In fact, most of the characters were pretty flawed and the stories about them were pretty awful. But people were all struck by these gods because they were afraid of what might happen if they did not behave. They had to submit and appease the gods of Rome. But then we have Jesus who gave up his rights and advantages and came into this world and to be like us. He is a total opposite of what God is supposed to be like. And what really stands out about Jesus is that he submitted to the Father. He humbled himself by becoming a man and was even humble all the way to the cross. From the outside, Jesus doesn't come across like this all-powerful God, bragging of what he can do and making sure that everyone bows, bows down to him. But he is humble in character. 
Paul describes us perfectly in Philippians 2 when he writes that Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Although he was God, Jesus submitted to the Father. He did not grasp on to his own will, but he submitted to the Father. I imagine that when Jesus walked around on earth, people did not always respect him and recognise him for who he was. In fact, lots of people cast him aside and called him names. Jesus didn't demand that people treat him with honour and privilege, but all Jesus says is, follow me, and he leaves people to make their own mind up. Now, I don't know about you, but Jesus seems just the opposite of the Roman culture and of our culture today. He doesn't demand, but he gives. So we bow down in reverence to him because of his character, for his love, for who he is. And just as Jesus submitted to the Father, we submit to him. We are awestruck by him, yes, because he is powerful and worthy, but because he is humble and a servant. We do not bow down to him because we are afraid of him and want to appease him, but because we love him and we want to follow him. And if Jesus can submit to a father, and if we can submit to Jesus, what does it look like to submit to one another? What do we have to lay down? Paul writes this in Ephesians 5. He says in verse 21, just one sentence, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We see in our culture that there are similarities to the culture that Paul was writing in. We might not bow down to mythic Greek gods and be in awe of their wealth and power, but we might bow down to big company CEOs, to celebrities, to our favourite bands, to those that inspire us because of their talents and gifts. We can easily be awestruck by those successful careers, lots of money, people that live a whole other lifestyle that we cannot even imagine. You know, we see these, these people on Instagram with their millions of followers flaunting their crazy, ridiculous wealth. For us, these people are our Greek gods. And we would do whatever they asked us if we could just have a smidgen of what they had. I bet compared to these influencers on Instagram, you know, Jesus wouldn't have that many followers on Instagram because he doesn't flaunt his wealth and who he is. In the context Paul is writing in and in our culture, there is so much rivalry with other people. We think that we have to look better, earn more, own more than everyone else around us. And if we don't, then we are failures. Again, we have fallen for a trick of empty praises, of wanting to be recognised as worth something by how successful and powerful we seem, of how we look from the outside. But we need to be reminded to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and his character. We do not need the empty praises of those around us, especially when we look in wonder at our inspiration, who is Christ. Then we remember we are worth everything because he loves us. 
We do not have to be subject to rivalry and climbing over one another because he loves us. You know, without a relationship with Christ and being filled with the Spirit, we have no chance of living in this opposite culture where we submit to one another. But when we have deep respect for Christ, when we learn what it is to put our pride to one side and to follow him, then this is how we learn to submit to one another. Mark Roberts says that when we were on our knees together before the Lord, we'll find it easier to remain on our knees in submission and service to one another. What a beautiful picture. So why does Paul tell us to submit to one another in the church? And what exactly does submitting to one another mean? In Philippians 2, Paul says this. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Paul knows that for a community to really show the love of Christ to each other and to be able to live as one body, then individuals must be able to lay down their own pride and self-importance in order to be together as a church. But in the body, we must reject any sense of rivalry and superiority. That we are not obsessed with our own status and self-seeking, but that we can submit and be obedient to others. You know, it is a mutual submission. It is a voluntarily yielding of love. And this is important because it means no matter your social status, that those in higher social status in the culture must submit to those with a lower social status and vice versa. But it is more than just doing what someone tells you. It is more than just obedience. You know how some people in a workplace just do about enough not to get into trouble. They do what they're asked of and they do what their contract says, but they never go the extra mile. They just do what they're told. And these kinds of people probably are just there for money. They don't care about the job, the boss, the colleagues, or have a passion for the place that they work for. And I'm sure we've even worked with, and if not, definitely experienced these kinds of workers. But submission isn't this. It isn't just doing what you're told, but it's taking action out of love. So those colleagues, those workers that love their jobs and are motivated by love and passion, you know, they'll always go the extra mile. They will do more than what is required of them. It is seeking opportunities to serve one another humbly. I think that when we look around us at what's happening at the moment with Black Lives Matter and COVID, we can learn about submitting to one another. The culture around us is also realising that we need to look out for and submit our own wants and desires for the sakes of others. I like this picture of Philippians 2-3 with a picture of a, a face mask. You know, this is a good example of considering others before ourselves by wearing masks to protect people. Humility, in this case, is saying that although I am healthy and low risk if I catch COVID, I want to do all I can to protect and love other people who don't have the same health status as me. 
Now, like Jesus, we do not deny our social status and our privileges that others don't have, but we lay down means to serve others. We don't pretend that sometimes our role or position doesn't hold authority, but we use the gifts we have been given to serve others. You know, don't we all love those bosses at work who will sweep the floor and make everyone cups of tea and who tidy up? They don't just leave it for the people that are paid to clean, but they serve. They humble themselves to do something that is not their pay grade, and not because they have to, but because they want to serve others and they know that is good for community. And, you know, for those of us that do not have a high social status or hold authority, we know that in the church we are still valuable and worth so much. We know that we can work on our character and serve others out of love, not just because we're told to. So in the coming weeks, let's get on our knees before God in submission to him voluntarily and out of love. Let's ask him how we can learn to voluntarily yield to those in the church around us, not being forced to or feel like we have to, but because we are overflowing with humility and not of self-importance.